Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Hey folks, good morning from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio in Stoneville, Mississippi. Tom is here. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. We also have Mr. Frank Howell from the Delta Council located right here in Stoneville and then Bubba Simmons who is a local farmer from where do you do you claim Tribbett or Tribbett or Arcola? That's I was a toss up. I went greater, with greater Tribbett area. I went with Tribbett. And Bubba's also heavily involved in the Delta Council. So Frank and Bubba are here with us this morning, and we're going to talk about the Delta Council and how it came to be and, and all the good things that it does for our state. We're doing this podcast right before college football kicks off, which actually is tonight! So everybody can go crazy. First football game tonight. So everybody will be watching. I have no idea who's playing. It doesn't matter who's playing. That's right. It's football, and it's on television, and people can actually pay attention to it. The fact that they're playing. Saturday, and I assume, is a full slate of games. Saturday is a full slate of games, probably starting at 11 o'clock with some horrible Big Ten football game. Bubba will be back on the combine by Saturday. So I hope before then, just a little <laughs> bit. Yeah. yeah, and we're hoping to get back in the field and trim some things off for next week. I did try to think of a football question to ask Frank, but I didn't come up with one. So my question for Frank is, Frank, do you have any hidden talents? Could I answer that question? <laughs> <laughs> you answer, Frank, and I'll see if it's the one I had in mind. Meteorology. Meteorology, okay. I was going to say karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> well, those are not really the same, but okay. I know there's a story back there, Bubba. Oh, there are many, many stories. In fact, Frank and I have... Uh, I don't know if I've participated every time, but I've been with him in about one time. It was 13 states and the District of Columbia where he (laughs) sang karaoke. (laughs) That's a mini regional tour. Did he do the same tune at each of these locations? Most of the time he did. So is this why the lights are on kind of at odd hours over at the Delta Council building? Y'all in there practicing, got a karaoke machine going? This was years ago. Frank, I don't think I've seen you sing karaoke in... Ten years. That's right. Okay. His well, career his career's <laughs> ended. But what was the song? You know, it was The Weight uh, by the band. Nice. The Weight. Uh, in fact, I think the last time I saw you do it, we were run out of a pizza joint in Florence, <laughs> Montana. Uh, it was a karaoke contest, and the locals did not uh, appreciate Frank's rendition of The Weight. <laughs> Well, we, we obviously have Frank here to talk a little bit about the history of the Delta Council and what their role is in agriculture within this region, because I think that's something that most of us that live and work here in the greater Delta area are well aware of. But I think that's something that our listeners have an interest in. Thank you. And thank you all for having us, by the way. We're, we're honored to be here. Well, you're, you're welcome. Sometimes it's the rain has helped to get some folks in here in some instances. There you go. Delta Council was founded in 1935 as a regional chamber of commerce from then 18 counties in northwest Mississippi, Delta and part Delta counties, and really three fundamental issues in 1935 were Flood control, this was, of course, on the hills of the 1927 flood, and a recognition that the lower Mississippi Valley, in order to carry the rest of the nation's water, that that we needed federal help. 
and flood protection for our communities and for our largest industry, agriculture, highways and transportation, which was in 1935 was more getting your crop to market. And it's evolved, of course, since then, but that was fundamental back in the day. And in the 1930s, there were starting to be not only federal programs in in infrastructure, but Mississippi passed their first highway program under Governor White in in those years in the late 30s. And then, of course, agriculture. And and two two really prongs in agriculture at that time. Farm policy, this was on the heels of the Depression, the New Deal. Lots of things were getting federalized, including agriculture. And so that was a real shift in agricultural policy. And then, of course, uh, agricultural research. And people ask me all the time, why is a chamber of commerce organization like Delta Council, why have they been located at Stoneville for their entire history? And it was a, a recognition by the leadership then as it is today that the work that goes on here at Stoneville is fundamental to solving the challenges of our largest industry, and that's agriculture. That's the business of the Delta. And people come here and came here in that time period to to solve those challenges. So it made perfect sense that an organization like Delta Council would be located here. In Mississippi, the roads, the Delta at least, I mean, you can get where you need to go in Mississippi, you know, primarily for Highway 61 and 82 being four lane, but then the other roads too sticks in my mind that that was a a big effort of the Delta Council back down the line. So Frank, tell folks how it's organized. So who are are the members of the Delta Council and then what's the structure of the organization? We've got several thousand members. We have uh, elected directors from counties and slash towns throughout the Delta. And Delta Council's a a policy organization. So um, everything we do goes back to our policies that are on our website, the things that we identify as priorities that we work on. So if I'm not, as staff, if we're not working on things that are outlined in those policies or we're doing things that counter to those policies, we're not doing our job. And the way we develop policies, just like other organizations, a committee system, Bubba is chairman of our advisory research committee, which is the fundamental committee that works on all issues with Mississippi State, USDA, and other research entities, both public and private. As y'all are aware, dozens of meetings every year not only large meetings, but of course, smaller meetings like we do quite periodically and looking at how we can make our public research effort better. So that's just one example in one area of work. I know that Patrick Johnson is the, would he be the president? He's the president. Patrick Farms in Tunica. And so is the, that leadership, those leadership offices, are they always, Farmers, or are they farmers and or industry, or how does that work? They can be anything. Farmers, businessmen, educators. The presidents are are picked by the executive committee, which are the former uh, 
presidents of the organization. So there's no set slots for anything. So there's no rotation no, from like no growers rotation. to industry. No, okay, nothing like right. that. So, so you know, some organizations have sure. things like that in That's place. That's right. I was going to say, Frank, when you were mentioning the reasons that the organization was founded and those three areas that were of primary concern in 1935, it's evident today that those three areas are still very important and still require a lot of work to make progress in. You mentioned flood control. We have the issue in the South Delta uh, that's ongoing, and Delta Council has participated in uh, very heavily with transportation. Just a month ago, we were in meetings with MDOT and other groups concerning harvest restrictions and uh, this bridge crisis that we're in in the Delta, um, certainly with research, and we can talk about that a little more later, but those three things are still of primary interest and concern to the Delta. That's exactly right, and, and, and we have branched out in our mission since 1935, but what Bubba just said still constitutes 75 to 80 percent of our daily program of work. We, we've created a economic development standalone department in 1956. And of course, we've got sister organizations like Delta Farm and Delta Wildlife, but it's all the same mission about how we can make this Delta a better place. How much time do you spend in Washington, D.C., Frank? Uh, Since the pandemic, very little, but a lot. Well, so interacting with Washington, D.C., how about that? Daily. I think that's at least for me, a lot of times, that's out of sight, out of mind. But that's a critical part of what goes on for agriculture. You know, just some of the stuff that we've talked about in here with the regulations and, and things like that. That doesn't get done overnight, and it doesn't get done easily a lot of times. And I know in my world, at least, recently, Delta Council was heavily involved with the the original labeling for the extend technology when when we had specifics for Mississippi that were you know different from the federal label y'all were in the room every time that we talked about that and we spent we spent a couple hours yesterday on that exact same issue so Bubba you mentioned the research part obviously Tom and I that crosses paths with us so why don't you tell folks a little bit about your role you know, related to that well as chairman of the advisory research committee we work to advocate on behalf of this station uh, to main campus and work with the administration on the main campus to ensure that that our members, that the growers here in the Delta's research needs are being met. Uh, We do that also with ARS uh, located here at Stoneville and just generally promote the needs of our members um, as far as research goes. Every area of the country Uh, where there's agriculture is unique. And I think what Delta Council does is serves as a voice for our area, um, whether it's areas of concern regarding research or particularly with regulation too. You know, the way we use herbicides, the way we use uh, particularly seed treatments is a little different than other areas of the country. So our voice needs to be heard. Well, and I think it's nice and extremely unique that not only do we have an extremely unique agricultural area in the Delta. And I heard somebody years ago say, if I'm not mistaken, it's the second largest land area that's contiguous for agricultural production 
And I think you don't necessarily grasp that until you come out of the hills into this area in Mississippi and you get out of the smaller fields in North Mississippi and Northeast Mississippi into the greater part of the Delta where it is such a large area from essentially Vicksburg to Memphis. A buddy of mine used to say that he wasn't from here. He used to say you could see the curvature of the earth in the <laughs> Delta. I would not disagree with that. Yeah. And, and that's, but it's nice to have this group here that we can interact with on a pretty regular basis. I mean, we don't necessarily, like Jason said, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind. We don't necessarily interact with y'all on a daily basis, but it's easy that if you've got a question for one of us, you pick up the phone and you call us and that's right. we're pretty easy to get hold of. And, and I think that's certainly something that remains unique within this state, at least when I talk to my counterparts in other parts of the country. We talk about work in Washington and our work in research, and something that a lot of people don't realize is that Division of Agriculture at Mississippi State has their own state line item of funding that is unique. And so Delta Council joins other agricultural organizations annually to make sure that our elected representatives in Jackson understand the importance not only of this station, but of everything that Mississippi State does in research and, and extension. You know, we had Dr. Shaw and Dr. Coble on with us, I don't know. Two, three a, weeks ago, yeah, I think. A, three, a, a few weeks ago, and made the point that Mississippi State had the luxury of having a provost that came from an agricultural background, and then, of course, Dr. Keenum, too, and then combine that with having the, the Delta Council here advocating on our behalf. So we're in a really solid position having a, a lot of advocates uh, for Mississippi State and then agriculture in the state as well. Bubba serves on some national research boards, and and so he can echo this, but Y'all just don't know how fortunate we are to have Mississippi State University as strong as it is in research, not only at Stoneville, but the, the whole entire university. And you look around at some other states in our proximity, and their research programs probably have not it's remained as robust as ours, and it's a real credit to this university. There's a lot of research that takes place, a lot of ag research that takes place here in the Delta outside the scope of Mississippi State. But as far as a grower is concerned, I think the value that's placed on the university research is, is irreplaceable and very important. Um, it's unbiased, and it's really who we look to as far as decisions on uh, what herbicides to use, what varieties or hybrids to plant. Um, still very important and very important to Mississippi agriculture. Y'all mentioned the flooding. Where are we on the state of the South Delta and the problems that we experience down there? We've made incredible progress. We had a record of decision issued in January, which authorized the the project again. And we're working hard with the new administration and new faces to make them aware and have an understanding of how important this project is. And we've got some lawsuits already filed, and we, we knew that. We knew we were going to be fighting those, but so far we're fighting them from a point of strength. So all's good right now, but it'll it'll be a several-year roller coaster ride, but we're in a pretty good position right now. So is there any kind of timeline for 
beginning the project? You know, in a perfect world, we'd probably be looking at four to five years from construction. And, and there's a lot of work being done right now. We have been appropriated funds to do that work from Congress, but construction probably four or five years. Since you mentioned it, Frank, and, and you're spending a tremendous amount of time working with Congress in Washington, D.C. and having those conversations with them, what what is some specific outcomes from those that people within this region might see on a regular or daily basis, things that the university has in place or are now getting moving forward? That, that's a great question. And I think, and, and just from an agricultural standpoint, I, you look at the Catfish Center here at Stoneville, and it's probably one of the largest and best examples of a cooperative research program between USDA, ARS, and Mississippi State University. It's been a model that people in other states have used and that we've continued to use as we go to Congress to lift up challenges. And, and of course, we don't need to get into the different mechanisms of USDA and Mississippi State, but they complement each other when they work together. Well, in Stoneville, y'all work together. We've been able to to do a lot of things because of that special relationship. And for instance, uh, a lot of people have seen the, uh, or, or seen the research or met people from the water center, which is located here in Stoneville and has been here about five years and the center for alluvial aquifer research. And, and then another emerging issue in agriculture that, that we've got a new agreement on and that's the, National Pollinator Center or Southern Pollinator Center, I think they're going to call it. And that'll be another joint effort between Mississippi State University and USDA. And those are unique, correct? They are very unique. Especially to have more than more than a couple of those in one, at one site, uh, to me, would be very unique as well. You know, our friend Archie Tucker laughs all the time. Archie, of course, is head of USDA, ARS in the southeast that's located here at, at Stoneville. And he said people call him all the time and say, how do, how do we get the Stoneville model? Archie says it's pretty simple. You know, we work together. And they go, you mean we got to go work with those folks? And Archie said, yeah, that's the Stoneville model. So it's pretty easy because it's been common practice around here, but it, it it's not – is evident other places. It certainly works well here at Stoneville. Frank, talk about the, the footprint that ag research has here at Stoneville as far as how many PhDs are yeah. located here. It's it's unbelievable. It really is. There are over 750 people come to work at Stoneville every day, and I think there are about 12 to 20 people who live here. So, <laughs> so, so, so that was going to be my question. Yeah. <laughs> we were talking about that before we started, how many people live. You actually were Stoneville residents. That's right. And out of those 750 people, over 200 PhDs come to work in the middle of fields in Stoneville, Mississippi. And at Mississippi State and USDA, ARS obviously comprise the biggest impact here, but we've also got the YMD Joint Water Management District, the Southern Bottomland Hardwoods Forestry Research Effort is here, Delta Health Alliance is here, Mississippi Department of Ag and Commerce has an office here. So there are a lot of other entities besides just Mississippi State University and USDA. 
And I think that's why a lot of times when you interact with people that are not from here, they know Stoneville. They don't necessarily know ARS or Mississippi State is just Stoneville in general. I've heard that, you know, that especially as I've spent, you know, been here longer, I've heard that more often that some people don't even know there's a Mississippi State facility here. They just associate it with ARS. And then the flip of that, too, they don't know that ARS is here because they've always interacted with Mississippi State. And at the end of the day, it's just Stoneville. There are people that live in Cleveland that know absolutely positively nothing about this location at all. Yeah, but I was just talking about the the collective group. People know it as Stoneville and not as one entity yeah. or no, the other. There's truth to that because I, I deal with counterparts in other states and have had really close friends that I work with and have known for years come down here and visit. And they're shocked when they get to this experiment station that we had no idea that this encompassed such a large area and you had this much equipment and there were this many people here. And I said, you know, are you not familiar with agricultural history at all in this part of the country and the word Stoneville in general? I mean, I, that's, this is where ag research was done for a long period of time. Frank, last question I have. Tom mentioned you know, folks not knowing about Stoneville. So related to the Delta Council, what do you tell somebody that maybe is not involved in agriculture, a local resident, what is the value of the Delta Council for them? Well, I, if, if we're doing our job, we need to be lifting up everything that can have a positive economic output for the region. Of course, agriculture is our largest industry, but we spend a lot of time on workforce training and uh, existing industry efforts. We do things with education and health policy and in areas that uh, early childhood education, for instance, has been a big push of Delta Council because in a region where we're behind anyway and you send a five-year-old to first grade or six-year-old to first grade and they have not had enough education, they're already behind their peers, well, the statistics show they're just going to get outpaced. So that's been a particular area of focus. And, and that's just one of many that we're, we're trying to work on every day that can undergird our economy and our quality of life. One of the things that when I first got to Delta Council 25 years ago and my predecessors, B.F. Smith and Chip Morgan, always talked about that I've, I've seen over the years, and it's absolutely true, is that we've been, Delta Council has been shaped by our location at Stoneville and in proximity to scientists and researchers. And our motto is, if we're not on the side of sound science and our policies at Delta Council, we may win a battle or two, but we're going to lose the war. So you, if you're not on the side of sound science, you better figure out how to get there. And that's obviously true in agricultural research efforts, but, it's, but it also rings true whether you're dealing with highway issues or flood control. If, if you're advocating something that is not rooted in sound science, you need to reevaluate. Well, I think that... You know, the example you gave of the early childhood development, I mean, there's a science too, man. I mean, just, That's it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, having the projections on those children can keep up with their peers or not, I mean, that's, that's a science unto itself. And you can measure the outcomes or lack thereof, and it's 
toll on the economy, not only on that child, but on all of us. Well, we certainly appreciate everything that y'all have done for us over the years. You know, me in particular in, in weed science, there have been a lot of projects off and on over the years, whether it's been herbicide drift or extend or those are two that just come to mind so just a, a personal bit of gratitude for that tom do you have anything else you want to add i was just gonna say that I, I think we're incredibly blessed here in stoneville and i think a lot of days we may take that for granted and that certainly something that it's nice to come back around and, and hear that from you all and we really appreciate you being here today we thank y'all thank for you. having us The Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.